Welcome to Lawyer Business Advantage. This podcast is dedicated to helping attorneys earn more money, get better clients, and spend more time with family. I'm your host, Alej Yajnik, founder of Law Firm Success Group. Smart business guidance for small law firms begins in three, two, one. And it's my pleasure to welcome Scott Beebe, founder of MyBusinessOnPurpose.com and author of Let Your Business Burn, Stop Putting Out Fires, Discover Purpose, and Build a Business That Matters. Scott, welcome to Lawyer Business Advantage today. So excited for us to be able to have this discussion. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us. This is going to be a lot of fun here today. I always really enjoy talking to other business coaches that do great work like yourself. One of the things that's kind of top of mind here today, it's uh, interest rates are climbing and the wallets are getting tighter and and that can sometimes make getting a potential client to become an actual client a bit of a challenge for law firms. And I keep hearing things like, you know, I send out fee agreements and never hear back or people ghost me and I'm not getting clients. Would love to get, you know, your perspective on what you're seeing in, in this space here today. And then let's have a short chat about it. So how does this relate to what you're seeing with law firms? Yeah, there's a couple of things. And and I want to be very clear. I'm not an attorney. I never have been an attorney. And I really don't plan on become, becoming an attorney <laughs> anytime soon. But with our firm, we have worked with law firms in the past. And I think there's a couple of elements around this idea of business development. That may be the first place to start is an actual defining what we're talking about. The last few years, let's call those, those the pandemic years in this range of years, particularly those of you in real estate, because there's been in many markets such a boon of real estate and refinancing and all of those sorts of things. We went from business development to order taking. And so the joke that we say is many firm owners were bellied up at the bar just taking orders for the last two, three years. And business was coming in. And then they were having to deal with the issues of personnel to cover the business and what happens if the tide goes out and we've got all this personnel. And that's what we're about to see right now, by the way, the time of this recording. And so there are a lot of people that are going to be exposed to decisions that they've made, whether those decisions are good or bad. But I do think it would be helpful if we started with a basic definition of what we're talking about when we're talking about business development. It is literally developing business. And so when we're talking about sales, business development, lead gen, those sorts of things, they all lead to one nexus point, And that is the idea of developing business. So I think one of the things that we can maybe agree on and stack hands on at the outset of this discussion is that when we talk about all of those things, let's keep in mind a sense of developing, starting to put in the ground, the healthy seeds, the healthy ingredients, the water, the fertilization of developing business. And usually business is not developed overnight. We've got to plant, we've got to water, we've got to fertilize, and we've got to put in, frankly, a lot of hard work. Now, we've been we've been sold a little bit of a bill of goods over the last five to 10 years. If you can just put some money in this, in this uh, online paid advertising slot machine, then you hit all sevens and it'll go well for you. Some people have been able to hit and win. I think for many, especially in, in the legal space, you realize that you're going to have to have four and five, and in some cases, six figures of monthly spend in order to see real meaningful de- business developed out of that. It gets super expensive really fast. Absolutely. Really started. fast. And I love that perspective. The way I put it with my clients, we just keep it really simple. We say, we actually take business development out of it because it gets really confusing. And we say, look, the, the role of marketing is to bring in leads and the role of sales yes. is to take those leads and convert them to clients. And business development is kind of sort of both of those, wouldn't you say? 
We actually have and see every business, whether you're a law firm, you're selling ice cream, you're selling sport coats, construction services, whatever. We see every business has four major systems. As you've mentioned already, two of them, marketing, number one, in this order, by the way, marketing tells the world we're here. Sales, to your point, says, hey, let's get married. Like, let's let's get into a relationship. Operations or the legal fulfillment, you may call it in the industry, that's where we fulfill the vow that we've made during the sales wedding. And then administration is all the bill pay and the receivables and the payables and the contracts and everything else that it takes to just you know replace the lights and mow the grass and everything to keep the household going as we're as, as we're moving through this. So we do see this idea of sales or business development in the lens of those two unique and conjoined systems of marketing and sales in that order. And I know attorney entrepreneurs, you might be thinking, oh gosh, I don't really do sales. I'm no good at sales and <laughs> I don't want to be in the field of sales. And I don't actually get leads. I get potential clients. Well, I just want to tell it to you straight. You're in the sales business. That's right. Potential clients are leads and your role as a salesperson, not a sleazy salesperson who doesn't do what's in the best interest of the client, but rather a consultative salesperson whose job it is to help the client solve their biggest challenge, which is why they're talking to you. That's what you're doing. You're taking that potential client, that lead, and you're converting them to an actual client by having them sign your fee agreement. And so, Scott, when you're working with a law firm that comes to you and says, look, we want to grow our top line. We want to bring in more clients. We want to grow our revenue. You know, how do you start by approaching their business development? Let's put this in three categories I think would be really helpful. Number one is the probably the greatest eye roll category of anybody who's listening. And I'm going to call it the vision category. So before you roll your eyes, I'll come back to that and we'll explain Shortly. The second is this issue of pricing, which I'm sure you've talked about a ton on your podcast. I'm sure you talk about a lot in your coaching as it relates to law firms, but we'll talk about it briefly here for just a second from a non lawyer, from somebody outside the industry. And then number three is what we call the 80% rule. So when we start with vision, there's really this idea of vision. You've heard the old proverb where there's no vision, people scatter. And it's true. Or I could even add where there is competing vision, people scatter. So sometimes in a multi-partner law firm, you have competing visions. Partner A has a vision of going this direction, B this direction, C this direction. And so those competing visions create confusion and that confusion creates scattering. And so what we've done is we want to see a vision story written out. It's actually multiple pages, not a sentence or a paragraph broken down into, we have seven categories, but I'm just going to give you one that I'm going to talk about that directly relates to what we're discussing, this idea of sales. And that is the ideal client category. Every vision, by the way, should be written or else it's not a vision. Michael Gerber said, "Whether when it's not written down, you don't own it. Uh, we actually take it a step further to say, if it's not written down, it doesn't exist. And so you want to have a vision, but the vision has to be written down. It can't just be in your head. And when it is, one of those categories to think through is the ideal client category. And so there's really only two simple questions to ask. Who's your most favorite client in the entire history of your firm? And who's the client that you cannot stand to work with and never want to work with again in the entire history of your firm? Take those two polarizing competitors as it relates to clients, the best one and the worst one, and start to draw out what are those attributes that made the best client the best and the worst client the worst? And begin to mark out those attributes. And what we can start to do is communicate with ourselves, communicate with our teams. And then as we start to go out into the community, into the marketplace, 
we can begin to target our ideal client and we can start to skirt or stay away from that client that we don't best work with. In our market, it's pretty interesting. We've got a whole market of retirees where we live in the low country of South Carolina. And I'm not going to name the, name the name of the community, but there is a certain community here that none of our professional services firms have ever marked as their ideal client because they're nitpicky, they're grumpy, they're frustrated, and they try to nickel and dime every single person. And so literally in a lot of businesses, visions here where we live, they literally put, we don't prefer to work with blank people and the people from this particular community. And so who are your ideal clients, those ones you love to work with? And who are the ones that you don't love to work with? Because once you've identified those, now you can begin to target your direction and your message to the people that those are best going to resonate before we ever ask for that long-term commitment. Yeah. And I think one of the keys there is, is actually using real clients, like you mentioned, Scott, because one of the big mistakes I see when people are doing the ideal client exercise is they talk about the aspirational client, the one they would love to work with. Mm. But unfortunately, they don't have those clients right now. And there's a reason why. Because those mm. clients either aren't hearing or aren't appreciating their message. Firms that try and target those aspirational clients and say, look, they're our ideal clients because we want to work with them, even though we haven't worked with them yet. <laughs> they're setting themselves up mm. for a lot of failure and frustration potentially because they really would need to make, do a lot more of the more basic work before they get into a position to target those aspirational clients. So focusing on the ones you have already worked with means it's going to be realistic and achievable. So that's an mm. awesome point. So That's once good. people are going out and they're getting their ideal clients down, now they've got a couple of really good opportunities coming in through the door, potential clients that kind of meet the ideal client profile. What are some of the things they should do next? So I, I think pricing is way more important than we give it credit for. Again, I'm remember the angle I'm coming at this from. So we work with business owners and the majority of the business owners we work with are not law firms, by the way, only about 5% are law firms, but about 80% are in the infrastructure and construction space, home builders, remodelers, subcontractors, GC firms, that sort of thing. And so what we're hearing on the back end is we're coaching our clients is every one of our clients, we have to refer to some setup of, of legal entity, business law work, estate planning work, that sort of thing. And so we're constantly in a state of mind of looking for people and professionals who will make it easy and streamlined and thoughtful downstream with the clients that we're working at. So I want you to remember that angle as I'm talking about this, because I'm not just going to have a, a standard old legal pricing conversation. And of course, you've got to weave all of this through your state and national enforcements and regulations and that sort of thing. Here's the one thing I know though, and it's the biggest complaint we get about attorneys from those who are not attorneys and they're business owners and they, they need legal help. It's so confusing and I feel like I get nickeled and dime all day long. That's what we hear the most out of everything. The second would be lack of communication, but we can talk about that in another day. So number one, when you think about that, how can I take this person who's got a 5 million, a 10 million, a 30 million, a hundred million dollar firm, who's got all of these details. And in some cases with construction, they've got 70, 80, 90 cents of every dollar that comes into their building goes out through a cost of goods. So it's a very complex, almost a fiscal handling company before it's even a construction company in this example that I'm giving you. So just think about all the complexities they have. Now, I realize law firms have their own complexities as well, but in the in relation to pricing, it's one of the lowest hanging fruits that we can begin to push out to the ideal clients that we have to make it easy for them. And I'll give you an example of this. We've worked with an estate planning firm for a long period of time. 
And they started uh, sort of a la carting all of their estate planning options. And so you had, you know, your side or extras of this and this and this. And so we started walking through. And again, with no legal background, I said, hey, imagine I'm your ideal client because I actually am an ideal client for them uh, because of our size and scope and who we work with. I said, here's what I would want. If I walked into your door, I would want to know as it relates to general estate planning, Am I a business owner or not a business owner? Those are two big lump sum categories you can put me into. And then if I'm a business owner, here are three general packages we offer. Now, there are always exceptions to these, but let's not focus on the 5% of the exception. Let's let's focus on the 90 or 95% of the rule that, that we're talking about. So essentially what they did is they took all of the basic estate planning, wills, trust, quick claim deeds, all of that stuff. And they started to categorize them and said, all right, if you're a business owner and we needed to do sort of a simple plan, here's generally the five or the eight things that we would do. If we would need to do a little bit more complex because you didn't have these things, all right, here's sort of the mid-level and here's the high-level tier. And so they've put together, it's actually on a brochure in the front of their office still today. I just saw it the other day. And it is called Life and Estate Planning. It's in a little brochure. And when you open it, it says, are you a business owner? It shows your two packages over here, or three packages. Are you not a business owner? It shows you two packages over here. And it gives you a general idea. And they'll tell you when it comes in, our simple package runs somewhere in the neighborhood of X. And so it might be a little higher, it might be a little lower, but they go ahead and let you know. And by the way, they always put the higher number first, so it doesn't freak you out. They give you a near number or a lower number. But having the price and clarity and making it easy on the people they're working with, boy, that allows for great synergy. And quite frankly, a lot of people don't understand the pricing of legal structure. So it makes it easy if you can just give me one price. I'll even give you some if you'll kind of go above your price so you can make a little bit more margin just to make it easy instead of nickel and diamond me on every email that I send send to you. Yeah, I love that approach of flat fee pricing and of setting up a menu of services. That makes a ton of sense. And what I think is really clear and and powerful is you did that as as sort of as sort of a client or a referral source for them. And so you brought that outsider perspective. And attorney entrepreneurs, if you are looking to do an exercise like that where you want to kind of have an outside in perspective on how your business is viewed by actual clients, everything from you know, your business development to your fee agreement to the initial mm-hmm. steps they have working with you. you know, talk to someone like Bruce LaFetra. Shout out to Bruce, the client whisperer. The guy's fantastic. So you can do that. You can hire someone like Bruce or you can do it yourself as an exercise. But that outside-in perspective, Scott, really, really powerful. So thank you for sharing that with us. Question for you, man. What are you looking forward to in my businessonpurpose.com and your coaching team over the next, I don't know, year, year and a half? What's What's cool and exciting that you're up to? Yeah, there's uh, there's quite a bit that we're really excited about. We've got a very clear, uh, it's actually a five-page vision. And right now at the time of this recording, uh, we're in the midst of what we call prep week with our clients, where we've got a, a three-week series where we get them ready for everything, where they tweak their vision, write their annual letter, uh, review their past, present, and future financials, and then do a lot of work at home, literally talking about their personal finances and estate planning. And so we're pushing a lot of our clients to their lawyers right now, uh, which is a good season. Where we're headed as a business over the next, uh, by 2027, right now we have five coaches serving 79 clients around the country. Our vision as a business is to have eight coaches serving 120 clients uh, around the country. So that's what we're excited about. That's what we're really, really driving towards, all for the aim of liberating business owners from chaos so that they can make time for the things that matter most. That is fantastic, Scott. And if people want to reach you, 
what is the best way for them to contact you? Yeah, they just go to our website and I'll give you a little forward slash as well, mybusinessonpurpose.com forward slash healthy. And you can actually take an assessment of the back-end health of your business to determine the health of those four major systems that we talked about, marketing, sales, and admin. It'll give you numerical value and you can start to understand, hey, here's what I need to go back and talk talk to law firm success group about so that I can grow my firm. Hey, here's my number. Here's where I met at. I want to go from an 18 to a 45. How can you guys help me do that? Mybusinessonpurpose.com forward slash healthy. Awesome. Awesome. Scott, thank you so much for joining us today. Loved our conversation. Congrats on all your success and growth of your coaching business. It's great, man. We are so blessed to be helping business owners lead richer and more fulfilling lives. It's it's an absolute, absolute calling and delighted to have quality people like you who are doing it as well. So thank okay, you thank very you much. So much. I know today. it's a lot of hard work putting on a podcast. So thanks for uh, thanks for letting me share share the stage with you. Takes one to know one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Everyone, that is Scott Beebe, a founder of mybusinessonpurpose.com. And that's a wrap for this episode of the Lawyer Business Advantage podcast. One thing that would really help both us and other new potential listeners is for you to rate this show and leave a comment in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you tune in to listen. And I want to hear from you. So connect with me on LinkedIn and let me know what you think of this episode. And if you are a solo or an owner of a small law firm, and you're looking to earn more money, attract better clients, or reduce your stress, we would love to talk with you to see how we can help. Request your free law firm assessment by visiting lawfirmsuccessgroup.com. Again, that URL is lawfirmsuccessgroup.com. We look forward to talking with you soon. Thank you for listening. My name is Ale Yajnik. Until next time, remember... You can seize freedom. You can embrace happiness. You can build your perfect practice.